We lost a great race car driver on January 30th, 2020, a beloved fundraiser for Riley's Children's Hospital and fierce advocate for colon cancer screening. John Andretti's accomplishments behind the steering wheel were only exceeded by his humanitarian efforts. With an unparalleled life and career to celebrate, I've assembled a podcast feature that makes 16 stops along the way, all told by those who knew him and loved him. His legendary uncle, Mario Andretti, said it best. Try to, to put together how many drivers have driven midgets on dirt, asphalt, sprint cars on dirt, asphalt, sports prototypes, indie cars, stock cars, and top fuel. You tell me who has done all that. No one. No one that I could ever remember. I mean, that I could ever put together. I mean, there's no way there's another one that has done all that. He's alone. He's alone there. In the second installment of Remembering John Andretti, we have Carrie Agajanian, who recalls meeting John in 1984. Carrie would go on to become his lawyer, entrant, confidant, did the contract, where John made history as the first driver to complete the double, the Indy 500 and the Coca-Cola 600 in the same day, went on to become one of his most long-standing friends. It was rare if you saw John without Carrie somewhere there or thereabouts. All brought to you in the Marshall Pruitt Podcast by the Justice Brothers, Cooper Tires, TorontoMotorsports.com, and Bell Racing Helmets, USA. So, Carrie, when I think about John Andretti, Honestly, you come to mind rather quickly, and I know the two of you were very close, and you were there for a, a large portion of his career. Curious when the two of you first met, and when, uh, when this bond really began to develop between the two of you. Yes, I, I'm sure I saw him when he was very young, because... I obviously knew Mario and I knew Aldo as well as his dad uh, uh, prior to my first clear recollection of John, um, just because we know he was around the racetrack with that, those famous photos of him and Michael and uh, uh, in, in their little racing uniforms and, and Jeff as well, I guess. But, uh, when they were little kids, but um, really the first time that I had a significant conversation with him was in 1984 um, uh, when he called me uh, from uh, Indianapolis and I was in Los Angeles in my office uh, and he called and said, Mr. Agajanian, I'd like to introduce myself. And I said, well, I know, obviously know who you are, and I know your dad and your uncle and your cousins as well. Um, what can I do for you? And he said, well, I'd like to come out and race uh, a car at uh, your track at Ascot. Um, and, uh, uh, and I wonder if you would send me an airplane ticket from Indy to California and also maybe uh, help me find a, a ride as well. And I said, well, have you ever driven a sprint car before? And uh, 
Mm. I don't know if he said, I don't know. I don't think he said no, but I don't think he really had, but he, he was, uh, he, he was, uh, he said, well, I've been driving widgets at the, uh, speed drone. And I said, that's about a tenth of a mile. And Ascot is a, a big half mile. <laughs> and he said, Oh, I don't think I have any problem there. And I said, well, I'll be uh, I'll be happy to to send you a ticket. I just obviously I, I did that because of my respect for his family and and uh, and he was uh, very courteous on the phone. And I thought, well, maybe uh, we'll, we'll see how he does. And a plane ticket isn't that expensive, so we sent him a, a an airline ticket. This was toward the beginning of the season in 84. I'm mm. almost pos- positive. Uh, <clears throat> and we uh, are, you know, the promotion had a good, a very close relationship with the Gardner family that ran sprint cars uh, every Saturday night. And their um, lead driver um, and they usually ran two or three cars, but their lead driver was Brad Knopfsinger. Yeah. Who, right. And, and who was very fast and a, and a really, not only a great friend of ours then and to this day. In fact, he and I were reminiscing at the Chili Bowl just a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, but, but, uh, he, uh, they, the gardeners agreed to put John in the car. And it was a good, it was a very good race car. Uh, and he went out the first night and showed really outstanding talent uh, for somebody who had not run, to, to my knowledge, on a, on a big half mile uh, on the dirt and in a 700-horsepower <clears throat> uh, sprint car. So it, uh, it was very impressive. And he he stuck around that, that so the gardeners were willing to keep running him and uh, for for uh, I think he went back and forth I'm not sure if he ran how many races he ran the first year but we were able to find him sponsorship as well at some point and that's um, um, and that's what kind of launched his indie career because at that time uh mike curb who owned an indie car and yeah. i'm sure you heard of yeah spoke um, with spoke with mike a few days ago oh you did okay well then and by the way he has an incredible memory and and uh will will be correct on a lot of this stuff that i may not be as as precise on because he's an amazing, uh, historian, but, but be that as it may, um, we, um, Mike was sponsoring, loved sprint cars and came out to Ascot even while he was governor of of California. And he would come out, um, every Saturday night, sit with my dad and, and enjoy it. And, and uh, always <clears throat> found some extra 
bucks to help different drivers. And so, um, so he, Mike then decided to help John and also, uh, I believe about at that same time, uh, us tobacco was sponsoring Mike's car, uh, Indy car, uh, that Tom Sneva was driving. I think that was a connection. Yeah. Uh, right. And, and in any event, uh, Lou Bannell, who was the president of, of us tobacco would come out to see the sprint cars running uh, during the, uh, Long Beach Grand Prix. We always had a number of IndyCar people come out on, you know, the weekends around the Grand Prix. And so we were, uh, always able to attract some, you know, some notables from uh, from the IndyCar uh, event. So uh, we introduced him to Lou, and John was extremely polished in his, and much different than most of the race drivers that uh, that, that we knew during those days. Uh, he was just a different. A different kind of a of a person, a college educated, but obviously with a great pedigree and 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 talented as well. So um, that's really what launched him from his showing there at Ascot. Um, he became um, Mike took a, a curb took a liking to him, and so did the U.S. tobacco people. And so when I believe it was 87 and he raced, he then ran at Ascot. Um, I don't know if it was full time, but, but a, a good deal of the season, 85, he was running sports cars, I think at the yep. same time. So, so yeah, so 85, 86, you know, in the 87, um, in and out running, sprint cars at Ascot and then Mike and uh, uh, Sneva had a falling out and the car in the middle of the season or around Elkhart Lake I, I believe it was gave uh, he, he was John uh, John was driving the sprint car and I I think as um, Sneva left the curb organization Mike uh, said, do you think that John could handle the Indy car? And I said, I don't know. He'd done everything else very well. And mm. he was doing very well in the sports cars. And I thought it was actually a pretty darn big jump. Um, because I don't know if he had really run very much open wheel as far as, uh, formula type cars, but in any event, he went to, uh, <clears throat> he went to Elkhart Lake in the rain and i believe finished sixth. he sure did and yeah 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 which was just i won't say shocking necessarily but it was just a, a more confirmation of his abilities and and uh and how mature he was uh so uh that and and the u.s tobacco people were good with you know we're fine with putting him in the car as well because they knew him from his uh, racing at ascot in the sprint car so and and knew that he would represent them well as far as a spokesman goes or or 
that he was uh, would not embarrass them in any situation, which is, of course, something sponsors are always concerned about. So, uh, in any event, that that's kind of where my really be beginning dealings with him were as I was helping him with with curb and, and some of those things he he started asking me from the legal standpoint uh, about his uh, contracts that were being presented to him and and that type of thing and so it was just a natural transition for me I, I was I didn't have a formal management company at, at the time but um, and I was working full-time as a as a lawyer in Los Angeles, but, but I was going to a lot of the races and I just, um, it, it just sort of became more and more apparent that, uh, that the drivers were starting to make more money and there was more contracts being offered to them. And so at that same time, as John's career was growing, I was, I then uh, started doing more and more management. In fact, uh, John <clears throat> actually, uh, I think in uh, jumping ahead to 91 or two, um, and I was helping him then, of course, but he suggested another young driver who was not as sophisticated as John, but obviously had some talent. That was Tony Stewart. So, uh, so John sent Tony, uh, over to see me and, and that's when I started representing Tony as well as he was, he had just winning the, the triple crown being, you know, spring cars and midgets and silver crown and was on his way to Australia to, to keep running dirt cars. And he came in, came into my office and we signed a contract. So, I started representing uh, Tony at that time too, but but that was uh, that, that was kind of how I I really started my management business was working with John. Um, he he was quite sophisticated in in the financial side of it already. I was very impressed. He had he already had chosen a, uh, a well thought of, uh, money manager out of Chicago and, uh, <clears throat> was, was very careful with his, with his earnings. Uh, and I was quite impressed to see a race driver much different than, and, and I don't say that critically of the drivers that I knew before that. Uh, of course my whole life, uh, had been around a racetrack, so uh, from the day I remember that I can remember, I was at a racetrack. And you know, my dad started in the 1930s, so that was before I was born. Sure. And so, so I, uh, I, I, I met and knew and had a lot of friends and uh, that were race drivers. But John was a was truly a different breed. Uh, uh, right off the bat, uh, being a college graduate and sophisticated, uh, well-spoken and, and, uh, 
and uh, and he he was an easy person to represent because he never never ever embarrassed a sponsor or a car owner or anybody else uh, and was always very professional in what he did so um, but it it kind of uh, because when I started helping him I didn't have a formal um, management company set up but as I say uh, at that time we started seeing the um, uh, salaries sponsorships start escalating and at the same time NASCAR got woven into it as well and, and we started seeing so we started looking at NASCAR as well not only with John but but other other drivers uh, that, that that came to me and and of course Tony after he moved out of uh, out of the Indy cars so but but that's I guess a long-winded way of saying how, but you know, what my early, early dealings were with with John. So, and what I love about this, carrying one of the things I've always appreciated is, it seems like John's career, all the thousand different things that he drove, and all the crazy and and fun and unique yeah. things that he did. I just recall hearing your name, you know, associated with. Yeah. All of it, basically, uh, since the two of you met in, in yeah. you know, whether it is managing uh, on the legal side, but just beyond the, maybe you could share some some stories or any memories you might have of, yes, there was obviously a, a professional business relationship, but I just recall yeah. hearing nothing but the two of you being fast yeah. friends and yeah. uh, a tandem so much. Are there any any stories that stand out from over the years of going racing, being at the track yeah. with John? Yeah, um, well, we we had uh, so many good uh, memories, and and Nancy has to be a part of that, and and uh, um, because he was going out with her um, when he came out to Ascot, they had not gotten married. Uh, and he was, he was coming out, but they, they had planned to get married. And I, I think he got upside down in the gardener car and, and broke his, maybe his shoulder. And, uh, they were, they, uh, they were supposed to get married and he was afraid he was going to be stuck in the hospital. So he kind of checked himself out of the hospital and, and, and he, uh, uh, he didn't tell Nancy anything about it. He, he was in <laughs> tremendous pain, <laughs> but he walked around keeping his, his, I think it was his right side, keeping his arm down most of the time. And, and, uh, and I remember he, he pledged me to secrecy, you know, that, that I wouldn't let Nancy know about, about his, uh, injury or whatever, wow. but, but but we um, we just became uh, very close friends, and there was a great difference in age. Uh, I, I always remember um, we would, you know, when we would be together, uh, I'd have I had the Indy win winner ring as a the pit crew member ring from '63 when Parnelli won, 
And I was on that pit crew and Parnelli got each one of the pit crew members a, a, a ring and on the side of it, it had the 1963 date. And John would always look at that and he'd go, well, that's when I was born. <laughs> and I, <laughs> and I said, it just seems like yesterday, <laughs> but, but it was always funny because you know, I, I, uh, but he was so, he was so mature and, and, and obviously had great intellect and, and I, I didn't, we didn't feel uncomfortable at all. And, and Nancy was the same way. And we, we, we had so many good times together, dinners and, and him staying at, a, you know, at our house and, and, and Nancy and my wife became good friends, uh, and again, we were whatever, 20 or 30, you know, probably 20 years or more older than him. But, um, I mean, I remember we, Judy and I, my wife, Judy and I, um, I think it was, um, it was, uh, it was a race and somehow I keep thinking it was in Colorado, but it made me. Maybe when they, maybe when he ran, I think they ran the Indy cars at Colorado. There was uh, a Denver street race they had for a little while. Yeah. yeah. It, it, that could have been it or, and I don't know if they ran at that Pikes Peak, you know, the, uh, the mile track down South, uh, you know, in Colorado Springs, but yeah. whatever it was, I, I, I remember, um, um, I think we had a big uh, Cadillac, <clears throat> my, uh, was, I think it was probably, uh, it was my dad's car or somebody, but somehow, or, or no, maybe it was a Lincoln and we'd rented it, whatever it was, we were, we were in a big car, my wife and I up in the front seat and John and Nancy in the back seat, and they were both when I say little people, I, I don't mean it. Ex- I, I don't think between the two of them, they weighed 200 pounds, yeah. you know, and, 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 uh, and we just drive along and, and, and we'd look in, and the back seat was so big, they could sleep in the back seat, laying down, you know, across the whole seat. And there was plenty of room for both of them. We just laughed to, to see, see them sleeping in the back. And we, we then drove up to, um, to the next IndyCar race, which I believe was either um, Toronto or someplace in the in the Northeast, and and we went through, um, stopped and 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 went through the um, Yellowstone National Park. We had some friends who lived up that way as well, and stopped and visited them, and and uh, John just. John and Nancy just fit in fine with our older group of friends. And, and we took, um, several hours and went through the Yellowstone and, uh, uh, and John and Nancy both were quite, quite interested in that. And we had, we just had a, a very good time. And so we, we spent, uh, a, a lot of time together doing things like that and things that most, race drivers, you know, are not, not interested in. And, uh, um, uh, and like I said, we, we had several times that he stayed with us as, as a house guest and, and Nancy and, um, 
you know, that's, those are, I, 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 I'll try to think as we talk of, of other incidents and other things, but we just were together a, a whole bunch. I mean, I went to virtually every IndyCar race for a few years. Uh, oh yeah. We took, uh, we also <clears throat> did the Australian trip together. Uh, and, uh, my wife and I, and, and John and Nancy, when he ran down in Australia, I think he ran a couple of, at least two or three times, I believe. Um, I think the year that we went with him was not the year he, he won that race. Right. It's, a, uh, I, I think. Yeah, that was a uh, 91 when he won there. And before 91. that, a uh, few years before he went down and did the Bathurst 1000. I know that he went to Australia to race uh yeah. midgets i believe and sprint cars and such yeah definitely yeah yeah yep. he, he uh we we weren't i don't think i was there with him the year that he won but i think the year before that nick he ran cause, yeah because it was for it was with jim hall uh and vds uh and that um seems like that year uh he was he, it, it rained in the middle of the race and he was leading and, and they pulled him in. He had a chance of winning the race that, that year, I remember. Um, but we traveled all over to the Gold Coast and, and did, you know, uh, uh, went up to the Great Barrier Reef and he was always interested in learning and, and seeing new things. And uh, so we had a, we had a very nice time on our Australian trip that we went down together as well. I think we were went over to Hawaii. Maybe we stopped in Hawaii because I remember being there with the Lion Dykes and other people with John and Nancy. Uh, but there were several, several years of, of, of great, great camaraderie and, and friendship. And again, as I say, a very significant difference in, in age, but that never, never really seemed to bother either one of us. We just, we got along very well. So. You know, one thing that stands out, Carrie, that you might be able to shed some light on in a very unique manner is we speak about his very diverse career behind the wheel. If we're talking someone who's helping to draw up a contract or just simply lend advice, man, the, uh, the the file the folder in in yeah. the 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 organizer there in the cabinet with John Andretti's name on it must have had about fifteen thousand contracts considering all the crazy <laughs> things he drove. Uh, yeah. That's something again. I uh, I love about his career more than anybody else's. Yeah. But what was that like though? Right, it's one thing to say <laughs> Tony Stewart, great, we're going to do a whole bunch of yep. years in one series and then maybe move to the other another thing when i'm guessing you have someone like john who in a single year could drive for 10 or 15 teams you know that's that's a really a that's a good question as they say uh marshall because <clears throat> and i never really thought of it particularly as it related to me as as a manager but um <clears throat> you know i i I had to learn, uh, just as 
John did, as John was learning to drive all the myriad of cars that he that he drove, which was something that obviously very much impressed me at his ability to drive the the, the sprint cars and, and, and midgets and silver crown and all all the things that he did. But the the GT cars and and the the one that was probably the most amazing uh, car to me was top fuel drag oh, yeah. that, that was owned by Jack Clark. It, and he legitimately got, I, I think all the way to the semis down in Atlanta. I was yeah. there. Um, <clears throat> and, and that was, I, everybody was walking around shaking their hands, uh, being so amazed that he was able to do that with so little experience. I mean, he had tested a little bit, but I, I just, I, I, but I guess what I was, I was getting, coming around to saying was, is that <clears throat> he not only had to learn to drive so many different styles and types of cars, but I, as a lawyer, had to learn all about, although obviously I knew, knew all those forms of racing, but, but I had to learn not only the the jargon is it is it related to those different cars, but but uh, some of the other more unique things regarding sponsorships and 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 other areas of of uh, uh, you might say the, the types of contracts that had to be done with the different different types of, of race cars. I I, I I agree with very much with what you're. You're you're saying in the premise of your question, um, he, I, I've never had a client before or after that uh, that I've ever had a file uh, several file drawers full of so many different kinds of contracts uh, that had uh, um, you know that we had to learn uh, together uh, about uh, it. it it, it it almost leads to uh, what we did <clears throat> with because I don't think anybody ever really written a contract that included an indie car and and a stock car on the same day and that being doing the double doing the double between Indy and and Charlotte uh, uh, because it was really a balancing act between two completely different you know, owners teams and and uh and getting everybody to agree to, to doing that my my wife and i that was another wonderful experience that we had with john uh we did the uh, we flew with him uh, on the uh, on the plane down to to uh, uh charlotte uh, actually we we landed just north of of the racetrack uh, and then took a helicopter in and landed in the infield. I don't know if you remember that, but yeah, and but that was we, actually yeah. the exact thing I was go- the next thing I was going to ask about Carrie, the fact that yeah. he's not only we all know he was the first to do the double, but yeah. uh, that that wasn't something he just fell into. That took a lot of uh, strategery, yeah. Uh, yeah. negotiations, and whatnot. And I I love the fact that you know you were in yeah. the center of having to help make all that uh, come to fruition for him. Yeah, we we did we did a lot of it. Uh, he he had a marketing guy who worked very hard at it too, and John did. So it it was 
a joint effort, but it was something that was <clears throat> especially uh, high up on my, uh, you know, on, on the radar uh, because I knew he was he was one of the few people capable of doing it properly. So we worked we worked extra hard on it, and, and we were my wife and I were rewarded by by flying with him on the jet. Uh, and then in the helicopter and landing right in the middle of the infield uh, and Humpy Wheeler, the, the great uh, showman that he was, pulled up with a, with a, uh, a, a quad and, and John got out of the helicopter and the uh, propellers were, were still uh, still rotating and, and uh, he got out, jumped on the quad, and Humpy took him right to his car, and he got in the race car, and, and he started it. We took off in the helicopter and, and got out of the uh, got out of the infield. It was so amazing when 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 we came in. Humpy had the crowd so uh, excited that we did a a run right down the back straightaway prior to landing on the front straightaway in the infield, and. Everybody was there. There were literally thousands of people standing, or or people on top of the motor coaches, waving with towels and everything else, uh, waving to us as we came in. It was it was something. The, the other thing that stands out, by the way, on that trip was that uh, I did both of those. I, I did both doubles, and I guess there's been more than two of them now, but I did the, the one with Tony too, as well. Not, not as, not as close as with what I did with John, because most of it was, you know, once getting the groundwork laid with, with what John did, it was Tony's was much easier. Although there were, and I know we're not talking about Tony Stewart, but that was, that was quite a, quite a feat for Tony as well, because John Menard was not too excited about, uh, Tony Stewart driving a Home Depot car. <laughs> uh, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah, so so I had much much different uh, much different hoops to jump through doing the 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 double with Tony as doing it with John. But um, with John, we we got on the we we got on the plane, and we had a nurse. I mean, he was very well organized. Of course, he had a nurse. He took an IV uh, uh, to make sure his, his fluids were proper, uh, and he uh, <clears throat> he had plates of, of various types of fruit and vegetables. Uh, diet was was perfect, uh, and, and he was drinking, you know, uh, uh, electrolytes and the whole thing. And and we sat, you know, sat with him on the plane all the way down, and then and then he got out and he raced. With Tony Stewart, I think with Tony ate a candy bar and a Coca Cola. <laughs> I figure you're going to tell me he wolfed down four pizzas as well, because that that that's good old Tony there. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. But I, I don't think he even had any pizza or anything. I think it was just some candy bars and 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 uh, and, and, and you know to to see those two guys with with such a different uh, outlook on on their on their health was was a fascinating thing uh but but i i uh, i love the, the contrast between the the two of them and both of them were were fierce competitors there's no question 
about it, but it's it, it's it was fun to see the the difference uh, that they did uh, that, that that showed so much. Uh, uh, but but in any event, yeah, that was that was a wonderful a, a wonderful experience for my wife and I to do that with with Nancy and and John as well. And uh, those are it's another great memory that we had. Well, let's close on this, Carrie. Okay. So, John, unfortunately, we're having to talk about him in the past tense. Yeah. I know in speaking with Mario today, you know, he mentioned and uh, his son Michael uh, said to him, just of all of the many things that will be missed, the ability, inability to pick up the phone and speak with John and just have him in yeah. our lives. Uh, boy, that that's going to take some adjustment. Just maybe a quick thought from you, Carrie, to close if possible on what it's like knowing that you're going to have to hold on to the memories you've made and that this person who became a dear friend and such a, a big part of uh, both of your worlds for decades yeah. has moved on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't never ever foresaw this or expected it to end this way. I'm, uh, and so, uh, um, sad for his children, uh, all great kids. And we saw, we, we saw them all uh, born and we, and we had such close friendship with, with Nancy. And, and that's, that's the sad part. There are, uh, and we've talked about a, a few of them, but we had so many good memories uh, in in later life when, when I'd run into John at, at at the track or whatever. We we talked about some of those great uh, those great memories, and and uh, uh, we were just you know, in fact, you know, when he moved down south to. Um, and moved to Charlotte. Uh, my wife went down there for uh, a, a week or so with Nancy and helped because uh, my wife is uh, in one of her lives as a decorator as well. And, uh, and she went down and decorated, a bottle, you know, got all the furniture and, and all that for their beautiful house that was on the lake down there. And, and uh, so we, we just, you know, to think that um, we won't be able to share uh, so many of those good memories is is a very sad uh, time for sure. And and I, my heart, you know, really goes out to Nancy and the kids. Uh, um, that's that's the most important thing. I hope you know our our prayers are with them and hope that they uh, are able to uh, to withstand. Uh, emotional loss as well so um but but yeah it's a i i think also that he has touched a lot of people's lives not only from what he did in racing and 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 we haven't even talked about how much he did for the kids at the riley hospital and all the rest of it those are that's just a whole nother part of his life which is pretty amazing but uh but his plea to uh, 
men uh, approaching 50 to to get out and 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 have the colonoscopies done and the rest of it. Uh, I think he's saved. I think he has already, and he will have saved a lot of lives uh, into the future by what he what he did and how hard he worked at that, and and, and how hard he, he he worked at helping young kids, uh, and you know through the charities. So those are really important parts of of his life that uh, we have to remember and appreciate. Thank you for listening to Remembering John Andretti on the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, brought to you by the Justice Brothers, TorontoMotorsports.com, Bell Racing Helmets USA, and Cooper Tires. If this is your first time listening, more than 900 episodes are available at MarshallPruittPodcast.com. We also have a subscribe page where Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and plenty of other listening options are readily available.